harder I work, the luckier I get. Welcome guys, welcome ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Be The Leader Podcast. As you guys know, this is a leadership and personal performance podcast. We exist to bring more good in this world while helping others achieve their best by helping you. Guys, you know the deal. This is for anybody that wants to win and be a better leader. All right, I'm going to jump right into it today, Um, but I will just say again that if you find value in today's episode, please share it with a friend. That's all I ask. I'm not going to do ads. I refuse to do ads. So please just share it with one friend today. All you got to do is hit forward. Say, hey, man, listen to this. All right, this guy is good. All right, talk me up. (laughs) But guys, the, the goal of this podcast is to help establish a foundation in leadership. Okay, it's to help people evolve from a poor leader to a good leader or a good leader to a great leader. All right, because what we don't want is a bunch of people staying the same type of leader their entire life. All right, so that's why we exist. Um, you guys know me about bow now and uh, bow now. I don't know what I'm saying right now. Pardon the caffeine. All right, guys. About me, um, I got out of the military. I spent 14 and a half years there. I'm an Army Ranger, uh, former infantry officer. I'm a leadership and performance coach. I love the outdoors. I'm an ultra endurance athlete. I ran 103 miles at one time on six days notice. I went from couch to 100 miler in six days. Yep, kind of wild. And uh, I love dogs, man. I have three, Cali, Kuda, and Kiba. I'm also married and I love my wife. So guys, we're going to jump right into today's episode. I've been getting a lot of DMs on Instagram. In fact, I went through today and I I, uh, got caught up because I was a bit behind. And if you guys aren't following me, it's at Jeremiah Solvin on Instagram, spelled J-E-R-A-M-I-A-H-S-O-L-V-E-N, all one word. And I encourage you guys to follow me there. I put out a lot of great content. But I've been getting a lot of messages on Instagram from people um, asking about leadership and and performance, okay? So I'm going to do my best to start bringing some of those questions onto the podcast and answering them because I think they're good questions. And... uh, Yeah, guys, the fastest way to get a response from me, by the way, on Instagram is to go to my main page and comment on a post. If you you slide in the DM, I'm less likely to get to it unless you're one of my clients. But regardless, I do make it around and I get into the DM. So there's three things that were brought to my attention that I thought were super important for me to talk through because if I can put some focus here, your life will change, okay? If you guys can implement the lessons that I'm going to teach within these three things, your life will change, and your staff or your team or your family, their life will change as well. Okay, so the first thing is why, okay? I'm going to talk about why, all right? I'm alluding to it now, but I'm going to talk in detail about it. The second thing is techniques for interacting with subordinates, okay? That'll be the second thing. Then the third thing is I'm going to talk about the three levels of leadership. And I'm going to talk about how you negotiate those three levels. Okay. So the the first topic, why? You know, why why is the most important thing that we can ask ourselves? Okay. It's the most important thing that we can tell our team. Why do I think this? Well, I think it is because it's the first thought that we have when we wake up. Right? In the morning, what's your first thought? Have you ever stopped to think about this? 
Have you ever stopped to think about what's my first thought when I wake up? Are you conscious of it? A lot of people ask themselves, why am I doing this? That's their first thought. For me, I wake up and uh, actually my first thought is, holy shit, I made it another day. <laughs> I can't believe I'm alive. Thank you. Thank you for giving me another day. Uh, I don't know if that's because I've had a lot of near-death experiences or um, it, or what, but <laughs> that's my first thought. And then my mind kind of gravitates towards why. Okay, and if you think about this, actually, a lot of people don't know this. Your brain's default is uh, negativity. Its baseline is negativity, right? That's why when like things get hard, you get negative. And that's why it's so hard to keep it out of the negative. And so when you wake up in the morning, it's easy to be negative. And so the, the first thing that we think about is, why am I doing this? And a negative thought starts to stir. But if you, you, can, if you can hijack that, you can change the whole trajectory of your day. So it's a, it's, a, it's a matter of just changing the question and changing the answer. Okay? So the first thing, like I said, I'm talking about the power of why. We're going to talk about how to bring this into your team. But first for you... I think this is important because over the last, you know, decade and a half, I've realized that great leaders lead with why. Major Steele taught me to lead with why, okay? You know, and for those of you guys that are still kind of getting caught up with the podcast, there's three levels of leader. There's, you know, poor leaders, good leaders, and great leaders, those tiers. And I think the greatest leader he leads with why in everything that he does, no matter how repetitive it gets. Because that's one of the challenges as a leader. You know, we can get tired of saying the same thing over and over again, but we always have to act like there's a new person in the room, right? Because if there is and we miss that opportunity to tell them why, then we're not making, we're not maxing out the impact that we could make at that one point in time. So Why? Right? Why all great leaders lead with why. And what I mean is, in everything they do, they start with why. Just like getting up out of bed in the morning. Okay, so why do you get up out of bed? What's your why? For me, it's to bring more good in this world. Okay, that's, that's my focus. I want to bring more good in this world because I've realized how much evil there is. And if I wake up with that intent and I pursue it and I lay down at night, the question I ask myself is, did I bring more good in this world today? And I let that guide me. And that helps. It helps me to stay a little more optimistic. It helps me stay a little more positive. And when I'm not really feeling it, it reminds me why I'm here. So that's why I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to challenge you guys to start leading with why. Every meeting that you do, every time you get new information, every time there's a change and you have to communicate that to somebody, whether it's your family or your coworkers, your peers, or your subordinates, start with why. And this is, this is the reason, you know, when you give people information, you're essentially communicating a puzzle to them, okay? And what people want to do with every word, it's a different piece of the puzzle, and they're trying to put it all together. And sometimes your message is a smaller puzzle, right? Maybe it's only 50 pieces. But other times, it's a bigger puzzle. It consists of a lot of pieces. And your company, for example, the why behind your company the idea should be complex, but the information, or excuse me, the idea should be simple, but the concept and the way that you're moving every single day is more than likely going to be complex, right? The message that you have to give day in and day out is complex. Okay, so reconnecting people with the why helps solve that puzzle. You follow me? Does this make sense? So when we have a clear picture 
it's easier for us to move from one point to the next, right? I, I think about this like land navigation. We talked about land navigation before. You know, you get all these points, you got to go from one grid's coordinate to the next grid coordinate. And if you have them identified on a map and you can see that map, you have a clear picture of where you're at and where you need to go. Well, why is just like that in land navigation? It gives purpose. Okay. You know, what made me think of all this was that I was asked, why am I doing this podcast? Somebody interviewed me the other day. He said, why are you doing your podcast? And my why is relatively simple, guys. And when you're coming up with yours, don't overcomplicate it. Okay. It's because for me, it's because I have a moral obligation to make people better using the information that I've been given. That's, that's my why. And I mentioned before, you know, I've seen a lot of evil in this world. I've seen people doing horrendous things, man. The stuff that goes on in this world that most people are blind to is insane. You know, for example, man, I've seen places where it's common to behead somebody for going against their, their way of life. I'm not going to make this a political debate. I'm not going to talk about that side of life and things, but I'm telling you, man, there's a lot of evil in the world. So I want to do my part by making it better, by bringing more good in this world. That's why I exist. So why do you exist? Guys, I'm not the next Elon Musk, right? But what I am is a person who knows people. So what are your strengths? You might not be the next Elon Musk, or maybe you will. <sighs> maybe. But my point is, know who you are, know who you aren't. I can use my abilities, the skills that I have at this point through experience to help somebody, to pass along knowledge and help somebody, okay? And that's, that's why I'm here. And it turns out, you know, I'm actually pretty good at it. <laughs> Everybody I train ends up doing very, very well. All right, it's a subtle brag. <laughs> but hey, man, if you're not going to believe in yourself, who is, right? So you got you to gotta, you gotta brag about yourself from time to time, guys. Anyways, guys, um... You know, happy holidays, but it, it brings me to today's topic, right? So I'm going to go into a little more detail about this. The power of why. Okay, I've thought about this a lot because of the current, let's just be blunt, the current fight in Afghanistan. I've been involved in that fight for a really long time. I started off in 2006 and I, w I was in Iraq and then I had multiple deployments to Afghanistan. I've got about, you know, 36 maybe months of total deployment time overseas um, fighting in somebody else's, what, what some people would call somebody else's war, right? And I've seen people get hurt. I've had friends get hurt. And sometimes that can weigh on you. Okay, every time it weighs on you. But I've, it's made me think a lot about why. Okay, why are we here? Why, why, am, why did I show up to work today? Why am I standing behind this? You know, and sorry, I'm having a moment because I'm thinking back on just all the different people that I've lost uh, since my time in service. And they, you know, started in 2007. We had this lieutenant, Lieutenant Rutherford. He was die He he was killed by a roadside bomb. Um, There's some other guys that got injured. Later on, you know, one of my soldiers got in a vehicle accident while he was overseas. It wasn't even. You know, wasn't even in contact. He wasn't even in contact. He just got in an accident while he was outside the wire. Got, got you know, the vehicle rolled over on top of him. Broadbander was his name. And another soldier of mine, you know, after I left, he, um, he was, uh, he was injured in a training exercise and he died. And then another soldier of mine, after I left, he was killed in combat. You know, and I wasn't there. 
and uh, all these guys. Well, the lieutenant I was present for, Lieutenant Rutherford, I was there, same deployment. The other guys, it was like after I left, every time after I left, people started dying. And so when that starts happening, man, to the people around you, you, you really start taking a close look at life and wondering why. Why why do I exist? We should be thinking the same way about our company. We should be thinking the same way about our marriages. We should be thinking in the same way about our relationships with our nephews, our, our, our sons, our daughters. Why, why do I exist? Why do I have this? Because once you tap into it, you become an even better leader. I'm, I'm this child's father, maybe. I'm not a dad, but I'm saying, if you're trying to discover your why, and you're like, man, why, why did I have a kid? And it's because I want to bring more good in the world, man. Right? I want to do it right. I've seen people do it wrong. So, Major Steel, right? I mentioned before how I created this character that is the culmination of all the great leaders I've had. He taught me to lead with why. You know, whenever I was in, whether I was deployed or in a training exercise and there was a change that happened or somebody got hurt or, you know, bad news struck, a high-quality leader came up front and he explained why. You know, we had some rangers get hurt. Came off his mission, some of them got hurt. The leader that I had before me, Major Steele, he brought us all in and he said, listen, man. He said, this is the nature of our work. Everybody knew what they were signing up for. Everybody acted tonight courageously. Everybody tonight fought for each other. That's why we fought for each other. We weren't thinking about the nation's wars. We were thinking about each other. So our why was to get everybody home safe on behalf of the bigger mission. All right, Reconnecting people with that why gets people focused. It brings people back to the fight. It keeps them from, you know, having that puzzle that's in shambles. Okay. So I'm telling you guys the power of why, right? All right. The second thing I want to talk about is how to lead. I get a lot of questions about how much is too much interaction with my team, my staff, the people around me. When is, when am I getting too close to my subordinates? And so I created this really simple uh, framework for people to use. You guys can use this as you wish. Okay. This is how to lead. You should do three things. These, these are three things you should do with your subordinates. Okay. You should know them. You should teach them and you should protect them. Know, teach, protect. Okay. And what this does is it provides a framework to keep you from becoming too friendly or too standoffish. Okay. It's the perfect balance. Anytime I've seen a leader fail, it's because he messed up one of these three areas. He either knew his subordinates too well, right? Maybe they're, to be honest, I've seen this where it caused, you know, some fraternization. Got a little too close, all right? Can't talk about the details of that on this podcast, but I've seen that before. The next piece is teaching. I've, you know, a good leader teaches their subordinates. And then the last thing they do is they protect. I'll tell you an example of each of these. Okay, so you need to know your subordinates like a friend. You should know them inside and out. Okay, you should know them because what you really want to accomplish is moving them in a positive direction all the time, right? And, you can, and the highest level of influence is friend. So therefore, we need to know them like friends. 
And what happens when you do this, when you know them like a friend, you know, you know their name, their first and last name, you maybe you know their spouse, you know some of their hobbies. What ends up happening is when there's a bad day with that person, you can you can realign them. There's a thing in the military called a saving catch. Okay, this is when a person is borderline suicidal and they're thinking about it. They have suicidal thoughts, but they trust their leader so much or their friend so much that they confide in them and they tell them. They say, hey, I'm not, I'm uh, actually suicidal right now. I'm not having a good day. And I actually saw this firsthand. I was, uh, I was in Afghanistan and uh, I had this soldier in my company and he was passing by one of the senior leaders. The senior leader looked over to him and he said, hey, so-and-so, how are you doing? And the kid just, a quick 30 seconds, said, hey, not very well. And that leader took it upon himself to pull the thread a little bit further, as a friend would. He said, why don't you tell me what's going on? So he did that, and, and the next thing you know, the, the guy said, listen, you know, I've been having suicidal thoughts. He said, okay, well, thank you for, thanks for sharing with me. Um, what can we do? Let, let's go get you some help. And it turned out this guy was maybe days away from committing suicide, right? But because that leader knew him, he passed by him. He didn't just ask, how are you doing, and, you know, as an acquaintance and then continue about his day. He wanted to know him like a friend. He passed by him. He asked how he was doing. And when he noticed something was up, he pulled the thread on it. What did that do? That saved somebody's life that day. And that's an extreme example, but... It's a principle to how to lead. We should know our subordinates like a friend. Okay. The next thing is to teach them. Everybody wants to be taught something. Everybody wants to learn. Everybody wants to be challenged. Different people want to be communicated differently, right? Some people like visuals. Some people like reading. It doesn't matter. All people want to be challenged. And when they're not challenged, they get stir crazy and bored and pissed off. You know, I had a leader like this. <laughs> Major Steele. All right, guys, Major Steele, he made my life hell. I was working as a uh, special operations task force targeting officer. And this guy, <laughs> he was a slave driver. I was working a swing shift, which means I was working between two 12-hour shifts between my superior officers. Okay, I was the continuity between them. But what that turned into was me working for two bosses for 24 hours. <laughs> and it was, it was fucking brutal. Um. So my, one of my jobs was to, you know, communicate information up and down between him and the adjacent subordinate and higher headquarters. And uh, anytime we were going to do, you know, a kinetic strike, I had to make these coordinations, okay, the kinetic strike in, in Afghanistan, right? So I was one of the role players, uh, or not role players, but uh, I was one of the, the pieces of this system where you strike an enemy from air to ground, right? All right, so, you know, this is the role I was playing, and I was caught in this swing shift position, and Major Steele, he made my life hell, man, because he was thorough, he was demanding, and he was relentless. And this guy, I swear, slept like an hour a night, worked out twice a day, ate nothing but raw food, could run, you know, a 10-minute two-mile. Like, this guy was an animal, and what he did outside of that job, you know, he would do ultra ultra races. He would do ruck marches. All that energy, he brought it into a somewhat staff position, 
right? Like we were in a targeting position working indoors. So all that energy was behind his computer and me. <laughs> so this guy, you know, Major Steel, man, he would just throw me one thing after the next, delegate the next thing after the next. And, you know, I'd be smoked because my it, this was during my second shift, right? Like here I am, I just worked a full day with the other guy, the day guy, and now I'm going to work with the night guy. Actually, that was backwards. You know, I'd work with the, the night guy and then get ready to work with the day guy. And that was when all the strikes were getting hot and it was time to go. And this guy would just slave drive me, man. But he had these battle rhythm things that every single day he would do. He would teach me something. And if he didn't have time, he would just give me the pamphlet. He would say, hey, go read about this aircraft. Let's do a class at the end of your shift for 15 minutes. And we're going to do this every day. And... I am smoked at this point, guys. Let me like this, like let's just, for for example, in the in the first thirty days of this job, I would literally, I would wake up, I would grab my food. It would be a to go plate from the little cafeteria. I'd go sit behind my computer, and I'd be sitting there for twenty hours. I'd get a one hour workout. I'd go crush it, hit the gym, come back, finish out my shift, do twenty hours, then do this leader professional development at the back end, I'd crawl myself to bed, fall asleep in my clothes, wake up in two to three hours, go back to work and repeat the same cycle. I did that every single day. It was brutal and it was mentally exhausting. But here's what I'm saying. Major Major Steele, all right, he was a high, high driving, very demanding individual. But you know, he taught me stuff. Like every day I'd be just dog shit tired, my eyes fall, you know, I'd be falling asleep while I'm working on my computer. And we get done with that shift and be like, all right, hey, sir, I'm going to take off. He's like, all right, cool. Let's talk about your class real quick. I'm like, shit. All right. Well, yep, I prepared for it. Here, I'm going to give a class. And I give, you know, a 15-minute presentation on an F-15 or something like that. You know, it's 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 uh, weapons capabilities and everything. And then he would go into a discussion, three to five of us that were there. And, you know, at the time, I was like, dude, I want this 15 minutes of sleep. This is brutal, right? And I kind of had some complaints in my head. But after I left that position and moved on to another one, I was so thankful and so far ahead of my peers that it was priceless. You know, I look back on it and I was like, Major Steel prepared me. He prepared me. He taught me and prepared me. And he did this every single day. So, and I appreciate him for it. So great leaders, they teach you. They know you like a friend and they teach you. Okay, and the third thing they do is they protect you. Okay, you should be protecting your employees. I, I told a story earlier about uh, Major Steele, you know, where he uh, heard, heard that my unit, my little team wasn't performing to the highest ability that we could. And this was in Iraq when I was a team leader, an engineer. Well, when he got that complaint... He knew that his guys, that we were we were high performers, that we didn't fail, like we never quit. That was our culture, our little three to five man team, right? And so he heard this news. These these guys were complaining about us, and they said they were talking shit. They were like, "Oh yeah, they quit early today. That engineer team, they quit early. They didn't finish the project." In reality, it was 120 degrees outside in Iraq, and you know we shaved off the last hour of the day because we got our work done. And we were working in body armor with ice bags in our pockets to keep us cool because it was outside work. The shit was brutal. Helmets on, body armor on, weapons, doing construction work. And the guy that was complaining worked indoors all day. 
and said that we cut it early, but like I said, we finished our job and yeah, we bounced a little bit early, but we were done. We did that to take care of each other. So anyways, Major Steele heard about this and he went rushing over to the guy's office and he pulled, took me with him and, a, and my buddy that was with me at the time. We were just two young soldiers and he put us in one room, kind of like you would like your kids, right? And you just like, hey, go wait over there. <laughs> so we went to another room. We sat down and this dude was livid. Major Steele was livid because people were talking shit about his staff. And so he lays into this guy. I don't ever want to hear you talking about my guys like that again. If you, you know, and he just rips him, rips this dude apart. And, uh, you know, at the time, here I am, one of his subordinates. I only have a couple years in the military at this time. He's got almost a decade, maybe around a decade or whatever. And uh, so there's a big gap between where I'm at and where he's at. And I remember Major Steele because of the, what he did. He protected us. Okay, so we should always protect. Now, when is doing too much too much in one of these three areas? When are you, you know, when is knowing your subordinates too much, teaching them too much, and protecting them too much? It's when you start having problems. Okay, so there should be this balance. Okay, I said know them like a friend. Not a girlfriend or boyfriend. You should know them like a good friend. Right? You should teach them. Teach them like a coach. Okay? Teach them like a coach would. If you're teaching them more than what a coach would, you're probably doing it too much. You're probably being too demanding. All right? You should protect them. Protect them like a parent. All right? Now, if you're not doing these things, you're going to run into problems. If you don't know them, you're going to miss the kid. Maybe he commits suicide. You're not going to teach him. He's going to talk bad about you, and he's never going to learn. And if you don't protect them, you guys are your your men, your troops will continue to get abused by other people, and they're just gonna end up hating you and resenting you for it. So know, teach, protect. There's your guidelines. All right. All right. The last thing that I'm gonna talk about, and we're gonna wrap it up, is levels of leadership. There's three levels. Okay. Um, there's leading up. Okay. There's leading higher. There's leading down, and there's leading across, adjacent. I'm only going to talk about leading across right now. Leading across is the most difficult type of leadership. And what I mean is peer leadership is the most difficult type. And the reason is because your peers have no incentive to listen to you. You're not in a better position than them. You're not, you know, necessarily in the same task organization, like vertically task vertical task organization, right? You're just a regular guy, and they, they'll push back. If you have an idea that they don't like, they're going to push back immediately. Okay, so peer leadership is the hardest level of leadership. You know, leading from the bottom up is actually easier because if you have a decent boss, when you start speaking to him, he's going to listen. But even if you have decent friends, you start speaking, they might not listen. <laughs> like, that's just how they work. So if you want to improve your leadership, if you maybe you're in a position where you're going to be a leader, you're going to have more responsibilities, or you're just that guy that wants to master his craft, constantly look way for ways to develop your peer leadership. Okay, You can do this outside of work. This is a really easy, easy way to do it. All you got to do is get a group of friends to do something that they don't want to do, like you know maybe like an endurance race or something like that. Put an event together that they don't, that they're going to resist a little bit. And then figure out a way to negotiate influence and direct them towards that event. Hey guys, I was thinking about doing a turkey trot. Or maybe I'm going to do a, a New Year's marathon. Hey, there's only a month left. Come do it with me. Just do the half marathon, right? Just start telling them, right, about this thing and then convince them 
to go out and do it with you. Now that's leadership because they're not going to want to do it. There's going to be resistance. You're going to have to listen to them. You're going to have to communicate. You're going to have to build the team, right? To get them out there, depending on how many guys you have. If you can master peer leadership, you can master the other ones. Okay. That's the first domino. Okay. That's why I'm putting my focus there for you guys. Peer leadership guys. So you can do this with your family too. Maybe you have that brother that's just a hard head, right? He's super stubborn. Can you get him, can you influence him to do something when he normally doesn't listen to you? Talk about a challenge there, huh? All right, guys. So that's today's episode. Um, if you like today's and you like this, uh, you like this episode, man, and you found found value in it, share it with a friend. That's all I ask. Share it with one friend. Um, and I hope that you enjoyed today's lessons. Um, Really, you know, we talked about the power of why. We talked about how to lead. We talked about different levels of leadership. I gave you ex- specific examples of how um, how to implement those. Okay, and I I want to tie this back into today's quote because why, how to lead, and levels of leadership are all hard work, man. This is hard work, and you can't just do it one time. These are things that. You have to continuously do and it becomes monotonous and it becomes mundane and it becomes hard because you do it once. You're like, okay, I got it. But the moment you start to let up on that, your leadership starts to, to, to slide. Okay. So this shit, this, these three things, why leading and the levels of leading leadership take work. All right. But it's like the quote we said at the beginning, the harder I work, the luckier I get by Gary Player. All right, guys, I hope you found value in today's episode. If you did, share it with a friend. And until next time, be the leader. Let's go hard. I need some motivation. Motivation. Every day I try a little harder, but my dedication. Dedication. Keep my head way, way above the water. Trying myself and I yell at the wall. Begging to run, but I needed to crawl. I see the finish line up ahead. Trying to get traction from all of this tread. I am a king. I am a queen. I am more than the people can see. I am strong when I'm needing to be. Vulnerability's nothing to me. You can try, but I'm unshakable. My successes is never debatable. I'm coming and I'm so interchangeable. Here's to you and all that you are capable. You gotta go hard, better get it.